Hello, it's great to welcome you to Search for Truth again with the start of a new series of talks on Bible Truths. For the following nine weeks, we'll be looking with Brian, our Bible teacher, at the subject of the Gospel of God's Grace. We'll be concentrating on the New Testament letter of Paul to the Galatians, so it's also an in-depth study of that letter. This week, the title of Brian's talk is The Pure Gospel. So let's hear now from Brian. Thanks, John. I want to begin by reminding you about someone called Andrew Parker. Andrew Parker lay across a damaged walkway and formed a human bridge, allowing 20 people to walk to safety over his body and above the ice-cold waters of the North Sea. This happened half an hour after the Herald of Free Enterprise ferry had left its berth in the Belgian port of Zeebrugge. The ferry had set off for the English Channel port of Dover, with its bow door still open, and as a result water had got onto the car deck. If you've ever tried to carry a baking tray with even a shallow covering of water in it, you'll know how unstable a configuration this is. Tragically, the ferry capsized some 30 years ago, becoming one of Britain's worst maritime disasters, as 193 people died, with entire families and groups of friends tragically drowning in freezing waters. For some that day, Andrew Parker would become a lifesaver and a hero by throwing his expansive frame across a gaping chasm down to the cold waters. Try to keep that incident in mind, please, as you listen to how Paul opens his letter to first-century Christians in the Churches of God located in the Roman province known then as Galatia. In particular, listen out for the one who's described as our rescuer. Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. Paul tells us that Christ gave himself for our sins, so that he might rescue us. In his human body on the cross, he bridged over hell's gaping chasm so that each believer on himself might pass safely from death to life and from deserved condemnation to unmerited justification, which means us having a right standing before God with all our sins removed. But Paul says, and I hope you noticed, that Christ rescued us from this present evil age, not by instantly taking us out of it, No, he leaves us here as his witnesses, in an environment that's hostile to our faith. The prevailing system of thought all around us in the media is influenced by God's adversary, who's also our adversary. The Lord's rescue of us provides not only for the future, but also for the here and now. We can know his rescuing power every day as we serve the Lord. What else does Paul say? After his opening greeting, he doesn't follow the usual habit of exchanging news about circumstances, but instead he dives straight in with what's on his heart. And the gospel was always on Paul's heart. It's as if he can't bring himself to exchange niceties while there's a massive elephant in the room. And that was the case, as he saw it, for some of these Galatian Christians had distorted the gospel. 
They distorted the Christian message by adding something to it. Paul comes straight out with his objection as he continues in chapter 1 and verse 6. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. And as we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. For am I now seeking the favour of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. There is no other gospel. I read recently of a pastor in the United States Bible Belt who conducted a census of his congregation and he discovered that 78% of them believed someone could go to heaven apart from believing in Christ. That's in contradiction to the biblical gospel. We need to have the same view of the gospel as Paul did. You might have another coffee, but you won't find another gospel. There is no other. Any other message is different. But some people were troubling these first century believers. Who were they? It was a class of people often referred to as Judaizers. They were Jews, of course, Jews who seemed to believe the Christian message. But the thing was, they insisted on converts living the way Jews had always lived. The Judaizers believed the truths other Christians believed. They were right down the line, biblically speaking, concerning Jesus being the Messiah and that he died for them on the cross. It might not then have seemed to people as if they were denying the gospel. It might even have seemed as if they were improving upon it by adding parts from the Old Testament to the New. But as soon as you add anything to grace, you lose grace altogether by totally changing its character. This is the big message of Galatians, so let's pause to get the picture clearly. Imagine you're about to drink a glass of clean water, but before you do, someone adds a tiny drop of poison to it. Will you still drink it? It's so close to being pure, right? No, wrong. What difference does such a tiny additional drop make? It means the whole glass of water is now contaminated. The unique quality of the gospel is that it doesn't tell us what we must do to please God. It tells us what Christ has done that has already pleased God. And it tells us that God's pleased with us when we fully identify with what Christ has done without any reliance of a contribution of our own. Knowing that we have God's favour, secured for us by what Christ has done for us through his death, we go on to serve the Lord, working in his power and according to his rules. This is grace-based obedience, and it's very different from any attempts of our own at performance-based legalism. What's legalism? Let me try to explain. There's usually not much to complain about a legalist's behaviour. The worrying thing is their belief. Right behaviour with wrong belief is a sign of a legalist, whereas on the other hand, wrong behaviour with right belief is a sign of a hypocrite. But right belief, coupled with right behaviour, should be the sign of every citizen of heaven's kingdom. 
Works-based religion is like a treadmill. It gets you nowhere and it wears you out. Let me say it again. Legalism is so different from grace-based obedience. In the scheme of grace, we're not working in our own power, according to our own rules, to earn God's favour. That's what the legalist tries to do. No, we're working in God's power, according to his rules, and we who believe are already totally assured of his favour. As Paul told the Galatian believers, we need to be quite certain that the good news of God's grace is free. But let's be equally clear, it's not cheap. Let's illustrate that to make absolutely sure we've got it. Bible teacher G. Campbell Morgan told of a coal miner who came to him and said, I would give anything to believe that God would forgive my sins, but I cannot believe that he will forgive them if I just ask him. It's too cheap. Morgan said, My dear friend, have you been working today? Yes, I was down in the mine. How did you get up out of the coal mine? Did you pay? Of course not, he said. I just got into the cage and was pulled up the shaft right to the top. Were you not afraid to entrust yourself to that cage? Was it not too cheap? Morgan asked. Oh no, said the miner. It was cheap for me, but it cost the company a lot of money to sink that shaft. Suddenly the truth struck him. What cost him nothing, the offer of salvation, had not come cheap to God. This miner had never thought of the great price God paid in sending his son to rescue fallen humanity. He realised that all anyone had to do was to get into the cage, as it were, by faith. The big lesson here in the first chapter of Galatians is that as far as the gospel is concerned, to add to it is to subtract from it. Far from enhancing it, it totally destroys it. The gospel is free in the sense that Christianity doesn't say do, but rather it says it's all done. God the Father initiated our salvation, God the Son accomplished it, and God the Spirit has revealed it. This is the message which sets us free. It also instructs us how we are to live as believers in the Lord Jesus, as the guaranteed citizens of heaven while we're still living on this earth. We read in Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 that the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. We've already said that God's free grace isn't cheap. It instructs us to deny worldliness in this present evil age. This is the grace brought by our rescuer that we thought about in opening. God does care about how we live. The rescue of the cross was also about rescuing us from doing evil deeds as we wait for God's Son to come and take us to heaven. He still will come and take each and every believer, but how ashamed we will be of our miserable ingratitude if we fail to live here on earth among a pure people who are all focused on being God's possession in this world. How can we be part of that? By living through grace to please the Lord by faithfully following his will as taught in the New Testament.
I'd like to quote you the words of uh, six of that hymn, uh, just in case you missed them with the descant uh, part. Walk in the light, thy path shall be serene and clear and bright. For God, by grace, shall dwell in thee, and God himself is light. Here at Search for Truth, our goal is that you might know the joy and eternal security that comes from faith in Christ. So if you have any questions, please write in and Brian will be glad to help. We never pass on your details, so you can contact us with confidence. There's also a transcript book for all the talks in this series. It's available free on request by asking for the title The Gospel of God's Grace. You can order by email or by post and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, you might be interested to know that many titles of Search for Truth transcript booklets and the books have been turned into ebooks and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle hyphen ebooks. Just type Search for Truth series into the search box and there they'll be. That's almost the end of our programme for today. Next week there's another talk about the gospel of God's grace, so please join us again if you can. But for now, it's very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our studio technician David, our singers and me, John. So cheerio and may God richly bless you. <laughs>